Three, two, one. I think it's time that we start the conversation to silence the shame. Silence the shame. Silence, silence the shame. Silence is the difference between treatment or pain, life or death. Silence the shame. Speak up now and silence. 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 Silence the shame. What's up? What's up, everyone? This is Shanti Das, your host of the Silence the Shame podcast. I am super excited to be here today. Um, as we, we're starting this new thing where we're going to uh, shine a light on some of the treatment facilities and, and wonderful businesses and organizations that are helping so many around emotional health and wellness. And we're going to start right here um, in our neck of the woods in Atlanta, Georgia, where Silence of Shame is based. So we're, we're super excited um, to share a, a lot of great information today. But first, I, I got to bring in my main man, who I can't do this show without, Mr. Free the Vision. Welcome, welcome, my co-host. Shanti. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. You know, I am trying to stay socially connected because I hated that word social distancing. I really think it should have been physical distancing at the beginning of the pandemic, but it's okay. Um, I appreciate all of our uh, wellness and, and health experts, but it is important to stay socially connected. And, and I miss you. So I say all that today. I miss you. But it's good to I see your face. Very much. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And, and, and I am so super excited um, to get to know our next guest. Um, we've been communicating via email, but now I, I feel like we're going to make him one of our resident experts for Silence to Shame so we can do more work with him um, virtually and hopefully when we get out of the pandemic, have him on some of our community conversations. But let's give a warm Silence to Shame welcome to Dr. Adam Meadows from Skyland Trail in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, welcome. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Shanti and, and Free. It's nice to meet you as well. I'm, I'm so grateful for this opportunity and really, uh, you know, it, it, it's amazing what you guys are doing with this platform and what you're doing here uh, in the Atlanta community uh, and even globally uh, as far as addressing emotional health and wellness and reducing stigma. So uh, I'm excited to be part of the conversation today and uh, couldn't, have, couldn't have been a better time for it, given all that's going on. Yes, absolutely. And so this is episode 40 treatment facility spotlight and again as i mentioned um we're gonna start with skyland trails and um skyland trail rather and i have personal experience um at your facility um one of our family members actually utilized that facility and i'm just truly grateful to everyone mm -hmm. there so i just wanted to be able to say that so dr meadows can you talk about your background and a little bit about the work that is done at skyland trail absolutely um, I'm, a, uh, I'm a board certified psychiatrist. So what that means is I'm a medical doctor that specializes in the treatment of mental health disorders, um, anything from depression to anxiety to bipolar illness, schizophrenia, substance use disorders, et cetera. Uh, I've been practicing now for uh, a little over eight years. Uh, I've been here at Skyland Trail for about four of those years. It'll mark four years next month. Um, and you know, I really have enjoyed working as part of a team, kind of a collaborative team at Skyland Trail. I think, you know, one of the, the frustrations that I've heard from people in the community in terms of accessing mental health support is that it can feel very fragmented um, and it's easy to get lost mm -hmm. within that cycle and, and not have your, your doctors talk to one another or, or, or not have the therapist available. Uh, and so to be a piece of a larger team here at Skyland um, has been a real value add to me professionally. And I think we're able to do um, greater work with the patient community because of that. Um, How long has Skyland Trail been in existence? Yeah, believe it or not, we've actually been been here for over 30 years. Really? Uh, Skyland Trail celebrated its 30th anniversary last year in 2019. Yeah. 
And it's, you know, I'd like to say on, on some level, it feels like Atlanta's best kept secret mm -hmm. uh, as far as mental health treatment. Uh, but uh, Scotland Trail has done a nice job uh, nationally. We've got a nationally recognized rep reputation and are certainly getting the word out more uh, in, the, in the Atlanta market in the Southeast as well. Tell me, um, I, I want to learn a little bit more about your, or for our listeners rather, your adult program versus the adolescent program. And since this pandemic this year, have you seen an increase in clients? Yeah, both great questions. So just to get an overview of what Skyland Trail is and the services that we provide, I think one thing that we recognize is that, um, you know, what people need as far as their mental health support over the lifespan differs. So what a teenager needs in terms of support related to school and educational resources in addition to mental health treatment is different than what someone needs um, as, as they age. And so we've tried to tailor the services um, based on where, where people are uh, in their phase of life. So we have an adolescent program that actually just opened last fall, fall of 2019, that serves teenagers ages 14 through 17. And we have both residential services as well as day treatment services Residential means, you know, the patients would come and live at one of our facilities during their treatment course, uh, and they, they treatment would be someone that lives in Atlanta or in, uh, now actually here in Georgia, uh, and would be able to participate virtually uh, in group therapy and individual therapy. Can I ask how long each of those would last? Yeah, the average length of stay is about three months, so it is a commitment in terms of, um, you know, being able to commit to this level of care and work through the full um, continuum of services. Oftentimes someone would start at the residential level of care and then as they're getting better and feeling more stable, they would step down and return to a home living situation while they continue with some level of therapy and support services. Is that a referral based thing or is that something that a person can come directly for? How does that work? Both. So, so individuals um, certainly can go directly to our website, www.skylandtrail.org um, and get information there and reach out to one of our admissions specialists uh, to do an assessment. Um, certainly if people are already working with a psychiatrist or a doctor or a therapist in the community and want to do a referral that way, we certainly welcome that as well. But we have both direct access and we get a lot of referrals uh, from other providers in the Atlanta area and other hospitals as well. Okay. Can you talk to us about the Skyland Trail, um, about Skyland Trail and also the new diversity and inclusion initiative? Um, typically how expensive is treatment um, from the, from the programmatic standpoint um, and how many clients of color will this new initiative serve? Yeah, and just to, to, to highlight the services here on a, on a broader scale. So every patient here um, would have uh, access to a psychiatrist. Uh, so someone like me, one of my colleagues who would oversee medication management as well as providing therapy services. Uh, all of our clients also work with a master's level uh, clinician or therapist. Uh, who lead group therapy as well as individual therapy sessions. Uh, and then we have a variety of other specialists to really provide holistic care. So we have music therapist, recreation therapist, art therapist, a horticulture team. I mean, you know, it's really, uh, we've got a yoga instructor, a personal trainer. So really being, being mindful of treating, treating the whole person, uh, both mind, body, and spirit as well. Right. And that's, you know, and I think we've, we've been fortunate to see some of the better outcomes as far as patients that go through our program uh, and achieve wellness are able to maintain that level of wellness moving forward. And so, as I mentioned earlier, we've got an adolescent program for uh, patients age 14 to 17, and then an adult program for 18 and up. And so with this new initiative, right, because 
Um, you know, my past experience was I didn't see a lot of clients of color um, able to get treatment. And I certainly remember that um, it was not uh, cheap <laughs> to get. Yeah. And that's not to single out Skyland Trail because any type of, I think, inpatient or residential care, you know, is, is not cheap and it can be really expensive. And so sometimes that's really tough on underserved communities or people in marginalized communities and populations to be able to get the sort of long-term care that they may need. Does Skyline Trail have you know, a, a, a good number of black clients and what is the demographic makeup of your current patients right now? And is that kind of why you guys decided to do this initiative? Exactly, yeah, I would, I would answer that saying, um, you know, uh, historically, uh, Skyline Trail has not had a lot of black clients. And I think they recognize that as a need of, and an opportunity particularly being here in, in the Atlanta market, uh, which is certainly a, you know, a hub uh, for, for black professionals um, and being you know, uh, here with one of the major metropolitan airports as well. Mm-hmm. And so in our 30 year history, particularly over the last, I would say five to 10 years, there's been more recognition of wanting to be, be purposeful in providing access to care uh, to diverse populations, particularly the, the underserved populations. And so I think you know, our, our current state, we still serve uh, predominantly, you know, wh- white clients, but there's been efforts to improve access for people of color, as well as, as you said, reaching out to other community partners, such as yourself, who are already doing this work uh, within the community. And I know we're having similar conversations with uh, Morehouse and Spellman and Clark Atlanta and other, other community partners, recognizing that, you know, the, the need is greater than any one of us can provide, but certainly uh, we can be stronger together. Uh, in, in providing access. Um, and I think as a related point, you, you, you guys asked a good, good question around the, the cost of services. Certainly it is, um, you know, this low level of care uh, is an investment and, and can be costly. I would say that, that most patients and their families are able to afford services with a combination of, of insurance and our financial aid program. Mm-hmm. Um, Skyland Trail has been really, really deliberate in their fundraising efforts and um, partnering with other organizations uh, and having donor relationships. So we have a very strong financial aid program. We also have a specific fund set aside, uh, $100,000 per year of financial aid dollars that were earmarked for people of club color uh, who are wanting to seek treatment here at Skyland Trail. So that was an initi- initiative that kind of came out of the larger diversity initiative, which we launched last year, uh, and that our, our board of directors you know, gladly approved and and, and supported, and so we're we're trying to put put some dollars behind, uh, you know, what we're saying because I think that's important. As we're uh, talking about increasing access, we want to be able to to fund that and, and support it for the individuals who may need those services as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hope that we can see that fund increase exponentially, right? Absolutely. Over the next, say five to ten years, because there is such a great need um, for your level of care and then the quality of work that I think you all do at Skyland Trail, but we certainly want to see more clients of color. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys have this initiative and, you know, are working with other community partners, um, you know, as we just try to expand care, right? Absolutely. That, that can't afford it. Um, how does someone know if they need inpatient care versus like a traditional, you know, therapist would talk therapy? Are there any signs for family members to look out for? Yeah, I think Skyland Trail is a great fit for a couple of uh, different types of clients. So the one type is someone who already has a therapist or a doctor and they've been seeing them 
and maybe seeing their therapist once a week or seeing their doctor for medications every couple of months and, and they're feeling stuck and just kind of hitting a flare up of symptoms where that frequency of treatment just is not enough and they need something more. Mm-hmm. So coming to Skyland Trail where they can be plugged in for support five days a week certainly helps that. And then other patients who have had more severe episodes in the past and maybe have been hospitalized, uh, but they're not quite at that point yet and looking for a, a way of preventing it getting to that level, I think Skyland Trail can be uh, a great resource in that case as well. So kind of, a, kind of an, an intermediate level. So someone who needs more than just regular therapist's office and doctor's office, but doesn't quite need to be at the level of, of hospitalization. Um, and I would encourage, you know, certainly loved ones and family members to have these conversations openly, um, even before, you know, getting to a place like Skyland Trail, you know, working with your loved ones, doctors and therapists, if they're already plugged in, um, and just talking openly about warning signs and, and, and red, red flags that, that may indicate that they, that they need more support. Let me ask you also, so I, what I, one thing I have learned, right, as just as an advocate um, and, and experiencing loved ones uh, with mental illness, oftentimes, you know, substance abuse goes hand in hand with behavioral health, right? And so, which is just behavioral health, mental health, which whatever you want to call it. Most of the time, what I'm learning is that facilities such as yourself, right, the residential facilities, not all of them offer substance abuse treatment alongside behavioral health. What, what can you say to families who may have someone who is suffering both with substance abuse or, you know, how one can lead to the other and it's all yes. interconnected? Can you just share a little bit of insight with that? Absolutely. And I think Skyland Trail does provide a resource there. We, 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 we offer what's called dual diagnosis treatment, uh, which is exactly what you described in terms of an individual that's struggling with a substance abuse condition, meaning drugs or alcohol, plus a mental health condition like depression, anxiety, bipolar, et cetera. Um, and so it, it really depends on where, where that person is um, in, in their journey related to the substance use. So some people who are still actively using uh, quite heavily may need to go to a detox facility or another rehabil- rehabilitation center first Mm-hmm. Uh, for the for the primary substance use treatment, and then step down or transition to a place like this, where we can address both once the kind of the active uh, high high amount of use has been resolved. And, and certainly, to your point, that's uh, you know any substances that are being used to ex- to excess can get in the way of someone's uh, mental and emotional health, and it could also get get in the way of how our prescription medications work or how therapy is going to work if they're under the influence of, of other substances. Yeah, speak, and then Free has a question, but I just want to ask, so to that point, because so many of our young kids, um, Dr. Meadows, don't understand um, when they're going through, um, maybe they hadn't been diagnosed, right, with clinical depression, but they're really sad and it's, it's changing their moods and friends and family members are seeing a difference. And I've certainly seen it just even from coming from my industry, the entertainment industry that I used to work in, you know, with high profile individuals and, and they tend to self-medicate, right? Can you just share how important it is not to self-medicate, you know, with you being a psychiatrist and how, you know, the, the drugs and recreational alcohol and so forth can sometimes have an adverse effect on someone if they already have a chemical imbalance and certainly if they're starting to take um, antipsychotics. Absolutely. And just uh, there's, there's some very interesting and strong research um, within schizophrenia specifically, where the research shows that individuals that have 
early and heavy marijuana use are at higher risk for developing schizophrenia compared to others. So that's taking out family history, taking out any other factors that could contribute to schizophrenia. And simply early heavy use of marijuana alone is a risk factor for schizophrenia. And so particularly for our, for, for our young people who are exposed to so much now on social media and in their environments and their schools, and it's understandable that they you know, want relief of some sort and maybe turning to other means of finding that relief or finding an, an escape through, through drugs and alcohol. But, but what it's really doing is, is providing, you know, maybe a band-aid, but it's making things worse in the long run. Uh, we certainly know that alcohol and other substances um, affect our brain cells and can actually, actually lead to loss of brain cells. Mm -hmm. And that's particularly concerning for, uh, for young people with, who are still having, you know, still having developing brains. Mm -hmm. um, and so even if they, you know, are, are, are thinking that it, it's, helping to numb them out or offering an escape or they're getting pressure from their friends to do it, it really is gonna make the recovery harder and it's gonna slow it down. And so certainly would encourage people not to turn to any kind of substances like drugs or alcohol, but instead have these conversations, you know, talk to your parents, uh, you know, talk to uh, the parent of a best friend if you feel more comfortable talking to them or to a school counselor or anyone to try to get, get access to help before getting into something like drugs or alcohol, which is just gonna, again, be a setback overall. And so one of the things that I wanted to um, uh, ask and address too is that um, facilities that offer extended care um, is often a very scary concept to people who are at that point or going through those things, um, whether it's the stigmas of what they've seen on television or learn or throughout history, what that's meant. Can you speak to maybe some of those fears and stigmas and um, maybe even debunking or comforting some of those concerns of what that might look like for a family that has to approach this or is considering having to approach this level of treatment. Absolutely, I think, you know, all of us to some extent can, can relate with fear of the unknown, right? And there's, it can be a lot of uncertainty in terms of going to a program or checking yourself in somewhere. And, you know, people have heard the horror stories or the, you know, the, the rumors about, uh, what happened if, you know, to a friend or a loved one who went to a hospital. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think Skyland Trail has been purposeful in not having an environment like that, but having a more therapeutic environment. Um, for people who come to Skyland Trail, it really looks like a school campus. Mm -hmm. We have a cafeteria, we have a gymnasium, we have some doctor's offices, we've got a greenhouse where people can do gardening. Um, and so really kind of a very healing and, and holistic environment and, and, and campus. And I think even other programs nationwide have a similar design and structure so that people aren't feeling like they're just, you know, going to be stuck in a hospital room or a straight jacket and things like that. You know, it's a, it's much more of a, of an open campus type of feel and, and kind of a therapeutic in, in environment. Um, I would say during our, you know, pre-COVID days, we used to be able to offer tours where people could come here and take a tour of the campus. I think because of COVID, unfortunately, some of that is limited. But I would definitely encourage people to, to go to our website. We've got pictures uh, of what it looks like and kind of what the, what the residential facilities look like. Um, and, and reach out, you know, reach out to our admission staff and ask questions. There's never such thing as a bad question or a wrong question. And I think, I think the, the process of getting help starts with getting information. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage people to you know, take that first step to go online, go on the websites, ask questions. You know, you wouldn't be, you'd, you'd be surprised that you may have neighbors and friends and loved ones who 
have gotten treatment at places like Skyland Trail and can share their experience directly. Uh, we have a fairly active social media profile as well. So you can check out the Skyland Trail pages on Facebook and Instagram and again, directly to the website. But I think, you know, certainly understanding where that fear and uncertainty comes from. But I think it's easy to work through that once you're able to get some information directly from the source and, and kind of see it for yourself. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point. I want to ask you also, Dr. Meadows, if someone is a person of color or specifically African-American, do you recommend that they see an African-American psychiatrist or therapist? You know, we hear a lot of like there's been so much information right recently, even with the pandemic and just everything that's going on from a racial trauma perspective, particularly for black men in America. Um, and, and hear this notion of cultural competency and does it matter? Do we, do we have to, or, or what are the benefits sometimes of seeing someone that looks like you? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's such a good question. And I would say there's, a, there's kind of a broad answer to that. I think, um, you know, what I've come to re realize, you know, as a, as a black professional as well, that, you know, there's, there's not a one size fits all to the African-American experience or more broadly the black experience. That's right. Right, I actually grew up here in, in, in Metro Atlanta in, in East Cobb and went to Cobb County Public Schools. And I probably had a very different black experience than someone that grew up in Southwest Atlanta and went to you know, Atlanta City School, right? So yeah, exactly. And so that's where I think you know, certainly um, finding a therapist is like starting a relationship, right? So you want to find a good fit. And I think at the end of the day, people are looking to feel seen and heard and feel safe. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that can come in different shapes and sizes and different ethnicities and cultural backgrounds. And so certainly I would encourage people that if they do have access to someone within their cultural or ethnic community, that's important to them and they would feel comfortable knowing that that person may be able to empathize or understand some of the nuances of that experience, uh, that it makes sense to, to, to look for that or to try that out, but also to not limit yourself. And, you know, I've, I've worked with patients of all, you know, diverse backgrounds and I've, um, you know, worked with other professionals from diverse backgrounds. And I think there's, there's some common threads in, in the human experience. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as those kind of core features of feeling safe, feeling heard, you know, having someone who's, who's validating you, listening to you and is responsive, uh, I think that's the, those are the hallmarks that, that kind of go, go above just the cultural piece. Yeah, um, there are some great sites that I like. And if people are even looking to find a therapist like, therapyforblackgirls.com or therapyforblackmen.org and then just some other general ones for all ethnicities, betterhelp.com and psychologytoday.com. Those are all great as well. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's been one of the, the silver linings within this pandemic is that um, there is improved access virtually in terms of online support, online therapy. Uh, Skyland Trail is still uh, doing services here and we, we offer an, a virtual program um, so again, the, the goal of, as you said, uh, preserving social connections during this time, mm -hmm. um, even if we have to be physically distant, how can we reach out and support each other and mm -hmm. provide access uh, during a critical time where everyone's mental and emotional health has been challenged to some extent. That's right. So and I heard you recently wrote a book. Tell us about your book. Yeah, thank you for that. So um, this has been a, a, <laughs> a process in and of itself. So I actually started writing the book back in 2018 as an extension of, of my kind of personal development journey. You know, I, I, I became very interested in um, some of the positive psychology and self-help literature, as well as kind of spiritual growth, and have heard a lot of good words of wisdom from patients that I've worked with here and elsewhere over the years. And 
uh, collected some of those those pearls of wisdom and, and and nuggets and felt inspired, you know, and felt inspired to kind of share share that that message broadly, realizing that you know everyone can't come see me here at Skyland Trail, so how can I kind of put myself out there in a way um, that that can be helpful for the public? Uh, so I wrote a book. It's called A Prescription for Living with Purpose. It's available on like Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I toyed, toyed with that title for a while and kind of that one had a had a nice ring to it. So <laughs> decided to decided to to go with that. So yeah, the book just got released uh, in in August of this year. Uh, so it's available paperback as well as Kindle version. Um, certainly would welcome your your, your listeners to to get a copy and uh, people can connect with me personally on social media as well. What what is what is your social media handle? Yeah, so on on Instagram it's Adam C underscore MD for medical doctor, and then my Facebook profile is just Adam Meadows, and I'm I'm here here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I've got a public profile, um, so they can certainly uh, connect with me there just socially, and certainly think people that are interested in um, working with me directly uh, through Skyland Trail they can go to our website www.skylandtrail.org. Uh, or call the admissions number, which is 404-315-8333. Uh, and they'll be connected with someone who can work with them in, in getting them set up here at Skyland Trail. Thank you so much. This has been really informative. And again, sure. one of the things that we want to start doing is be able to highlight you know, great organizations that's doing the work um, because so many people have questions on how to find, you know, a basic therapist or a psychiatrist or even, you know, long-term and short-term mental health facilities. And so uh, we are we are grateful for the work you all are doing, and we're especially happy um, to hear about this diversity and inclusion initiative. And we certainly hope to see more people in the community that are of, of color um, are able to access care um, within your facility. So this is great. And we thank you and everyone at Skyland Trail for allowing us to interview you for our podcast, episode 40. Mm-hmm. And uh, Free, any parting words from you? No, I mean, I just wanted to thank you for taking your time out to do this and um, also speak to these points because I think that, like I said, this is something that can feel a little bit scary or un, you know, alarming to people who have to get to this point. So I'm, I'm glad that you were able to articulate and educate those things. Absolutely. Free, how, how can uh, our listeners reach out to you? I am Free the Vision everywhere. So anywhere you are, um, just at Free the Vision and you'll find me. And I am, excuse me, at ShantiDoss404 on Instagram. I, I keep forgetting I relaunched my book too, Silencing My Shame. It's available on my website, www.shantidoss.biz.biz. Um, and you can follow us on Instagram at Silence the Shame, on Facebook and Twitter at Silence TH Shame. Our website is www.silenceshame.com. And of course, we want you to tell all of your friends and family about this incredible podcast. <laughs> so free, how, what, what do they need to do when they listen to the podcast? Please rate, subscribe, share, and comment. Let us know what you think, what you feel. Um, engage with us about these topics and things that you thought or would like to hear. We, we love that kind of engagement and feedback. 
Yes. And again, you have been tuned into episode 40 of the Silence to Shame podcast. This is our special spotlight series where we're going to be highlighting um, national as well as local uh, treatment facilities and various clinicians in this space. And so uh, we hope that you've enjoyed it. We hope that you take time um, for your mental health and wellness. It really is um, not mental versus physical right? It's mind, body, and soul. And we want you to take that serious. And we hope that you've learned something today. And we want you to make sure that you take time, save a life, and silence the shame.